Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. Guys, my name is Aisham Hipshire, and I am here with my handsome co-host, Mr. Tanner Santucci. Uh, and we've got a phenomenal guest today. Uh, this is a gentleman who um, I've actually just fairly recently been introduced to, um, but uh, Tanner has a great working relationship. So Tanner, I'm going to pass it over to you for the intro. Yeah, so we have our good friend here, Retta. He's, he's newer to the wholesaling, um, just did his first deal essentially the last month. Um, so it's going to be nice to kind of pick his brain and, and see how his mindset and how he thinks and what it took for him to get transitioned from getting his first deal to now let's see when, you know, how he can get a second deal and what it's going to take for him mentally and compare. So 100%. with that being said, Ren, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into wholesaling and, and real estate in general? Well, number one, thank you guys for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. it truly is a pleasure. Absolutely. But um, yeah, so I was about 16 years old, you know, just on TikTok scrolling and I kind of ran across Kong. If you know who that is, you know, let's go get this money. Yeah. Kind of ran, ran across his videos. And he's like, wholesaling real estate. You can make so much money from this stuff. I'm like, you know, what is this stuff? So I kind of go look it up, run across Jerry Norton's videos actually start kind of watching consuming his content and um it took me like a, a year to actually start taking action so then i'm just kind of in that stage where i'm just kind of watching i'm like the spectator i'm like on the outside so i'm just kind of watching watching but i'm not really taking action because i'm scared so then one day i'm in school second hour i believe it's uh geography or something like that senior year and i'm just like i gotta do something about it i gotta make this first call like, I'm going to stay in the stage. I'm not going to make any progress. I need to make this first call. So then I get home. I'm like kind of stuttering and just scared for 20 minutes to kind of click that call button, like shaking. I finally hit call and I'm just kind of like talking a little bit, but then I'm like stuttering a lot. And I remember I, my first few phone calls, I call up the seller and I'm like, um, don't know what to say. Hang up right away. Oh. And then, uh, <laughs> Just kind of like the the fast hang up, like you call, do your little introduction, then hang up right. pretty quick. But then I remember this one day I stayed home from school and I actually had a full conversation with an agent without leaving, without anything. And I'm just like, dude, I did it. Like <laughs> I made my first, I made my first call and then my confidence just spiked up over there. And I'm just like, you know what, let me, let me keep doing this. So then with school going on, it was kind of hard to manage second trimester i didn't have a third hour so what i would actually do i'd bring my whole computer and my setup go into a like a pod area just like a private room and i'd try to make as many phone calls as possible just in that hour during school and um that's kind of how i got started and how i kind of got better you know learning this business and then right when i got home after school i would go make a few more calls but i wasn't as consistent and I was kind of still getting the hang of the real estate thing. So, and how let me to get this to right. Them. You were making phone calls while in school, in high uh, school? Yep. yep. In a pod? Yep. Who are you calling? Are you calling for sale by owners or who are you calling? Um. So at first it was like for sale by owners and real estate agents as well. So I was kind of calling both. Um. No one specifically, whatever, you know, kind of deal I could find. Like the numbers, everything worked out. But uh, yeah, started calling uh, real estate agents some sellers, but then uh, kind of just moved on to on market with agents from there. 
So what? Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Dude. Dude, hang on, hang on. Okay, so you said you're a student. What? How old are you? What's your story? I was, I was 17. Whoa, this is high school. And so what I did, since you, know, you have to be 18 to actually sign a purchase and sales agreement, I talked to my friend. I'm like, hey, if I run across anything and if I get anything locked up, can you sign for me? And I'll just give you like a little fee, you know, just for kind of signing, but I'll do all the work. Just kind of sign, you know, for my. Uh, so you, th- so yeah, you're you, you're you're out thinking. I know most seventeen-year-olds because at seventeen, oh, yeah. I was not. I would have never thought of to jump into real estate. So yeah, this is this this was all in my mind. Like you know, I've always just loved that luxury lifestyle, financial freedom. Learned a lot about it, and after COVID, with COVID and everything happening, everything just hit me. Just like this is all like. You know, I don't want to get a job and do this for the rest of my life. Like, I truly want to have do real estate and have this freedom. So, Retta, there's let me ask. There's a lot of podcasts out there that that will break down all the how tos. You know, and and, yeah. and there's there's a, I'm sure there's you know other stories out there of, of high schoolers getting started. And mm-hmm. I know one myself, a dude named Andy Wrong, is crushing it. But I don't know. If, yeah, I think he's still in high school. But anyways. Um, I, I don't want to go too much into the how to's and whatnot. I'm obviously blown away that you were 17 when you first got started, but I want to dig more into your mindset, brother, because most 17 year olds aren't that resourceful. You know, maybe there's some hustlers out there, but usually the second you run into an obstacle, you usually kind of, you know, shut down, especially one, you know, of the size of, of real estate. So let, let let's 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 rewind back a little bit what's your what was your what's your family life like what's your upbringing are do you have parents who are entrepreneurs how did you learn to be this resourceful at such a young age so i actually don't i come from a you know pretty poor background actually and you know that's honestly taught the most lessons in life is that you know you're stuck in the situation and you have to be the one to make the change everything is on you you have to be the one to change your life and your family's life forever. Mm. So that, that kind of hit me at a young age. And I'm just like, like, I have to do this. Like, I can't stop. Like that, the times where I just want to sleep, I just want to, you know, what, I don't even want to make these calls today. I'm like, no, I can't. Like, I can't like do that to myself. Like everyone, you know, they're waiting for me. Like I need to make a change in this family and for myself. So I kind of hit me at a young age. That's why I just kind of started committing to real estate. I love that. I love that. What do you think, what do you think separates you from, you know, other, other kids your age? Cause I'm sure you, you, you're around, you know, friends and whatever, but what, what yeah. other than just your, your upbringing and, you know, wanting to be the difference in your family, I mean, what, like really what pushed real estate? Because like you said, you know, real estate, you get a lot of no's, you get a lot, mentally you get beat down, especially yeah. when you're cold calling and you're talking to agents and you're learning and all this in between. So what, what do you think separates you from not only just, you know, other kids your age or other teenagers your age, but from other real estate investors in general? I mean, there's got to be a, there's got to be something about you that that keeps pushing you. I'm not sure. I've just I've always just had that in me to become stronger and better, like every single day. Like, you know, I go to the gym. I'm very consistent with that. So honestly, the gym and that discipline, I implemented that into real estate and I kind of use it the same way and just overall in life just like, you know, like you have to be the best. And, you know, I don't have a lot of friends that kind of have the mindset I do. So I've kind of just been, you know, independent with myself 
just kind of, you know, holding on, just kind of keeping that strong man- mindset throughout. What yeah, did you do prior to real estate? Prior to real estate, I didn't re- really, all I had was just the gym. I didn't really, um, you know, know what I was doing. I was kind of looking into drop shipping because I saw that around TikTok a lot. But um, I'm just like, eh, you know, this thing's, it's kind of dated. Like, why is someone going to choose my website out of all these other websites, more professional websites? And then you have that big competitor, Amazon, that it's up there. Like, why is someone going to choose me over Amazon? Right. So I'm just like, you know, drop shipping, you know, it's kind of dead. Um, you know, let me look for other things. And then I ran across real estate and I'm like, I want to do this with my life. This is something I want to do. I want to commit fully to this. So from, you said you found wholesaling through TikTok, right? Correct. From Khan. So yep. I guess, I guess, like you said, you were kind of dabbling most, you already sound like most entrepreneurs because most entrepreneurs are, they're trying to figure out ways to make money without working for someone else. So drop yep. shipping is a real common one between all entrepreneurs. At some point, yep. we've all tried to sell stuff online or flip stuff, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah. I mean, literally why, like what it was it? Was it the money that you like you heard you could make from real estate? I mean, why wholesaling? Because if you were thinking of drop shipping or all these other things, like those make a lot of money too. But mm-hmm. what stood out about is was is it the lifestyle that you're looking for? Like what about it? So, so it is a lifestyle and also just real estate. I've always just loved, you know, luxury homes and all that. Like sometimes I just go on my car late at night, driving very nice neighborhoods, and you know, the one the two million and up price neighborhoods. I just love driving, looking at these homes. It's like, I truly love real estate. And like, I remember when I was younger, I wanted to be like a realtor. I didn't really know too much. Like, oh, like, you know, I can look at these luxury homes and stuff. But then I kind of ran across, you know, real estate investing, such as wholesaling. And I'm just like, this is something I want to do. You get the time, the money and the freedom to do what you want in life. So I'm just like this, like, I need this. Like, this is this is for me. Like, I don't want anything else. I don't want to do like the stock trading stuff. Like I'm going to commit fully to real estate. There's no backup plan. It's just real estate. Only one thing and you have to commit fully to it and you're going to succeed hundred percent. No, I love that. What's been your, uh, what's been your biggest challenge so far, Retta? So far. Um, well, right now it's definitely the declining market. Um, that's kind of, you know, scaring a lot of buyers away and you have to lock up a really, really good deal at the moment. So that's kind of holding me back right now at the moment, but, um, I know I'll tackle that obstacle now definitely get better and better because after everything, like every time before, when I locked up a deal that was overpriced, I always was like, you always learn something. So I locked up that deal. I'm like, that makes sense. It was overpriced. Let me keep trying. Let me find another deal. And then I locked up this one deal in Indianapolis and in fountain square ran across Tanner here. And I kind of showed him the deal. And uh, the deal was overpriced. Um, I didn't really know how comping worked. Really, I compared a what a two-story home to a single story. Yeah, your comps weren't the best, Bubba. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't good at all. Then I had Tanner here help me out and kind of teach me and walk me through that. And uh, that's how we were able to close that deal in uh, Indianapolis. You know, it's all thanks to you, Tanner. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, bro. bro. I like working with hustlers. You're a hustler, so (laughs) appreciate it. I I like I like working with people that that learn that can accept criticism and not fight the criticism, but use that criticism to, to become a better, not only real estate investor, but just a better person. And yeah, and you always, I'm always out for knowledge and I'm always out to learn new things. So thank you. Really That's why you're going to succeed. <laughs> thank That's you. why you're going to succeed.
Yeah. So it's, um, it's funny. So you get, you get a lot of, like, like we were saying earlier, you get a lot of FUs and no's and, and I know you're a little bit newer to the off market. What's been, what's been something that stood out to you between, you know, calling agents and calling just direct to seller? Um, you know, what's, what's that like mentally for you? So it's definitely a difference. Um, kind of knowing what to say because sellers are a lot different than agents. Sellers are more emotional than agents because it's their property that they're selling. So I kind of ran across from that. And um, sometimes when you throw out a nice, uh, an offer, the seller gets offended and just hangs up on you. Just like, I'm not even gonna, you know, deal with that. So I've kind of ran across that. And also knowing what to say, there's different things to say to sellers and to say to agents. So, um, you know, just kind of working off market at the moment, I'm kind of learning and getting better at uh, kind of dealing with, you know, direct the seller than with real estate agents at the moment. How long did it take you uh, after you got started? So I know you, you said a, a year, uh, right, for, for your first deal, but was that was that a year of just calling and, and hitting the phones or was it a year of so learning? Or it was about eight months. So when I started calling and actually taking action in the business, it took about eight months. I've locked up about four properties under contract prior to that, but they were all overpriced, not deals. Now that I look back at it, I'm just like, why did I even lock that up in the first place? Like, what, like, what was I doing? Like, I don't get it. But um, yeah, it's definitely a learning experience, but it's about it was about eight months until I got that first deal. So let's but, let's do this real quick then. So if you had your your eight months, like, like I should just ask, but what, like, what roadblocks did you have that were, that kept you in that analysis paralysis stage, right? Like, was it the fear of getting the nose? Was it the fear of messing up? Like what? The fear of messing up, the fear of going, talking to a real estate agent and not knowing what to say and that I'm getting, they're going to come after me. You don't even know what you're talking about. You know, like I was always scared of that kind of like rejection. Or, you know, oh my God, like they're going to think I'm an idiot. They're going to think I'm, I'm like a little kid. I don't know what I'm saying. So that always kind of scared me away from, you know, picking up the phone. That's why I'd, I'd be shaking, call, pressing that call button. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was definitely the biggest obstacle. And once I tackled that, you know, it's helped me so much mentally with my confidence and everything. Overall. So let me follow up then. What do you think, I guess, what if someone if you were you eight months ago knowing that how the conversations are right like now that you know that not all agents are smarter than you in terms of real estate right yeah some are they're just not they just it's part-time for them oh that's, that's yeah it. so going back from that eight months knowing that you had that fear what's something you would tell yourself if you could to kind of exp like speed up that process right rather than waiting eight months maybe shorten that to four months how would you get over that fear ahead of time or even give advice to someone newer um, for that mental roadblock that everyone you know has? Because at some point, everyone comes across that. Well, number one, the reason why people kind of stop and don't really pick up the phone and take that action is because fear and overthinking. When you overthink about something, it's going to hold you back so much from everything because you're going to be like, OK, what about if I'm wrong? Once I started just clicking that call button, it's like, oh, well, I can't hang up now. It's too late then that just kind of gets you out of your comfort zone and kind of just gets you to be like, you know what? Now I have to talk to him. Think about it like life or death. I kind of think about it like that. So don't overthink it. Click that call button, pick up the phone and start calling. Cause even if you start getting that rejection now or that fear now, 
it's going to be better later. It's all about consistency. When you first start off at the gym, you're kind of learning form. You're kind of learning stuff. You're not going to be the best, but then once you start, once you start getting in that consistency, it's going to start getting easier and easier because then you're going to start getting better and better. Yeah. As a, as a recovering overthinker myself, um, (laughs) I can, (laughs) I can definitely concur with, with everything you said. And, and it's funny because we, um, you know, there's a lot of people that fancy themselves as overthinkers, right? And yep. in reality, it's just a bit of a lack of confidence mixed with anxiety. You know, 100%, it's, it's, 100%. it's, what are these people going to think of me? Um, and, you know, if, if there's anyone listening or watching and, and, and they have, you know, they, they say, yes, Aisha, that's me. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like that's, that's me right now. You know, I'm, I'm terrified of making that call or, or I feel like I need to research, um, you know, watch every video on agent outreach, uh, and, and whatnot. W- what's your advice, you know, other than just do it. Cause I, you know, the, the, the simplistic approach works for sure. Um, but do you have other insight or other, you know, uh, advice for that person that is kind of, you know, stuck in that, um, you know, paralysis by analysis mode? Yeah. I say, look at your reason why, why you're making that phone call, why you're about to click that call button. Look at the reason why to remind yourself what you're doing it for. Mm-hmm. So for example, sometimes I'd even look at what, Nice. I love cars, nice cars, nice homes. I'd be like, I'm going to do this for a reason. Remember your reason why. So it pushes you to kind of get out of your comfort zone. So you start gaining that confidence and you start, you know, you're just like, you know, what? I don't even care anymore. I'm going to hit that call button. And it kind of prevents you from overthinking because you're just, you have so much like energy at the moment. Like, okay. Oh my God. I just saw that nice car. Let me pick up the phone. Let me hit that call button. And that's going to kind of, you know, get that out of that overthinking out of your mind because you're just thinking about the, that nice car, that nice lifestyle. And that kind of got the overthinking out of your mind. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I know, remember your reason why. For, for, for my example, when uh, I, I, I got my first deal fairly quickly once I started calling, but I watched a ton of videos and podcasts before I started calling um, because I knew my personality type. I had to, I had to, I had to have a basic understanding, you know, and and I want people to know that, look, it's okay. If you feel like you need to learn some stuff before you get started, I would almost, me personally, I would almost recommend that if that's your approach. Just be careful. Be careful that you don't let it stop you, you know, like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, I I, I feel confident enough to, to pick up the phone. But what if they ask me this one question? Now you're overthinking. You know, yep, now you've crossed from preparation to overthinking. So be yep. careful because it's a really thin line. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely that once you start overthinking or you have that one little thing. Oh, wait, what about if they, they say like, no, what about if they say, what about if they call me, you know, dumb or something like that? Then that's what's going to kind of prevent you sure, sure. from uh, taking action, picking up that phone. Regarding personal development. Are you a big reader or audiobook guy or podcast or what's your podcast? I love podcasts. I watch podcasts even as we speak today. Uh, I love watching the wholesale hotline podcast and kind of just going off them and gaining knowledge every single day. Heck yeah. From yeah, uh, the- Pace, Brent and Jamil and all of them. So what other really podcasts other than wholesale hotline? I mean, is there, I mean, are you religious the wholesale hotline or is there different, you know, is there two or three different others that you listen to or? Um, kind of just starting off with wholesale hotline. Cause before I just used to only like watch Jerry Norton's videos a lot. So I'm kind of just like, starting to like, kind of expand 
and kind of started watching new things and kind of gaining more knowledge on different things, you know, flipping, mm-hmm. flipping houses. And so did you see when you started listening to podcasts after you once found out, you know, about wholesaling, essentially, did you see it almost at times as a roadblock? Like you're, you're taking in all this information, right? Um, and, and then that's where the overthinking comes in because you hear something on a podcast and it, you, then you've never heard of that before. So now you have to, oh crap, the oh, literally the oh crap moment. I don't even know what they're talking about. So that's, did you use like, cause like when I first started, for example, when I was listening to podcasts and just diving into all the information on wholesaling and there would be times where I'm listening to podcasts and something comes up and I'm like, oh crap. And I would use that as a mental excuse for myself to not start that day or whatever it was. Do, yep. do you find yourself listening to podcasts and having that same reality where you almost use certain things that you hear as an excuse not to do something in the business? Yep. I remember when I was about 16 years old, I was watching Jerry Norton on the phone and he was kind of talking to the sellers and the sellers were saying some words like, oh, this is a trust. This is an estate. And I'm like, what are they saying? Like, I don't even know this. Like, maybe I should deep dive, do all my research first and kind of take action. Or, you know, maybe I'm just too young for this. And like, I don't know, like overthinking would just go through my head, just kind of watching that. I always just have those moments of just kind of like stress, like, you know, like, is this worth it? Should I, like, should I start? And that's, yeah, hundred percent. That's where the overthinking well, you comes know in. You know, what's funny about that is I remember, I mean, probably last month you had called me on a deal and you're like, oh, it's in, a, it's in an estate. It's in, what do I do? And I was like, what, do you remember what I told you to do? I said, just go call the title company. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's, that's what the I did. solution that people overthink though, right? Like that's, that's a situation where you, you locked up a deal. You didn't know that it was even in the estate till after you put it on a contract. And so instead of like full on panic mode, I literally just, you, I remember you calling me. I was like, Right, just call the title company because if you have any questions, yeah. they're not like that. Was my biggest fear that was honestly, title companies were my biggest fear starting. Yeah. It wasn't agents, it wasn't getting told no. It was, I don't want to call a title company and sound like a complete doofus and ask yep. them a dumb question. But the reality is, just like anything in this business, that people will soon to realize if they haven't already, is that dude, you can you can tell them, you can tell the title company straight up, this is my first deal ever, I don't know what I'm doing. But guess what? They're going to be more than willing to help you. Oh, 100%. That's one of those mental roadblocks that not only held me up, I know it holds a lot of other people up because title companies are big and bad and scary. And it's a they've got to close the deal and they've got to do all this other stuff. But again, just like with you in the estate, that's one phone call you can make to figure out exactly what's going on rather than just Googling, reading a whole bunch of paragraphs on what an estate is and reading thousands of definitions of everyone's opinions. It takes oh, 100%. Phone call and take an action, like you said. So, yeah, even with real estate agents, too, like Jerry Norton said, don't be scared. If you don't know what something is, ask, ask about it. So if they say something, you know, about a certain kind of sale or like, for example, the property has liens on it. Don't be scared to ask, like, you know, like, what, like, what do you mean by that? Or, you know, what, it, what, like, what are liens? Like, what, what do they owe? How much do, you owe, do they owe? Like, don't expect to just know that. Like, don't be afraid. Ask questions. Ask the agent questions. They're not just going to be like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Hang up the phone. No, I guess that's what goes through people's minds. Like, okay, let me learn everything first and then I'll start taking action. Let me know all the real estate definitions. Let me know everything about it. And then I'll start taking action. And I had that same mindset kind of going into this business, but then you'll, you'll gain knowledge watching podcasts, watching YouTube videos, all that, but you will not, it's different. It's not the same than just taking action. 
taking action and watching stuff is two completely different things. You're going to learn way more if you just hop in the game and take action. So let me ask you this then, Rhonda. What, again, knowing everything you know now, what it, I mean, what's the bare minimum you think knowledge-wise and mentally someone needs to start, right? Does that make sense? Like, if it, like, do you just need to know the definition of what a property is and an agent, like, and you feel comfortable, like telling someone that they can start this business or what do you like, what's the bare minimum, not only mentally, but knowledge wise that you would tell someone that is ready to start without them having analysis paralysis, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. I would say, um, watch how to wholesale real estate, watch the basics, watch, um, you know, the process, how it works get the understanding of that, maybe watch a few, you know, calls here and there, you know, how that would go and just pick up the phone or not even right. watch the calls, just kind of pick up the phone and just kind of take that action. Yeah. And I, I guess I want to, I, I guess my, my question was, and your answer is obviously hundred percent, right. You're never wrong. Essentially. Um, it's your answer. Right. But I kind of wanted to go a little more in depth about that. Right. Like rather than just watching a video and essentially you know, they say, put a property in the contract, sell the contract, go to a buyer, blah, blah, blah. But just, just beginning before you make your first phone call, what, what do you need to tell yourself just starting out? Or I guess, what would you tell someone else? Like, do they just need to know the definition of a house? Like, again, looking back, where would you feel comfortable starting? Cause like me, I learned so much. I overlearned. That's what kept me from taking action was originally was I, I overindulged in all the, cause it's a lot of information, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. If I could go back knowing what I know now, bro, I would just need to know like who to call and like five questions. And I would feel comfortable telling someone that's what it takes to start. Because like you said, you learn way more from taking the action than 100%. you do because you're applying it. Right. <clears throat> you agree with that? Yeah. When you're, when you're just, I say, go ahead, go ahead. I say, just learn the basics of like what it is, you know, what to do, investment properties, kind of look on Zillow, kind of scan, look at the market, see how everything is, and kind of just kind of start off doing it that way. You know, taking it, taking, taking it slow and just kind of looking, you know, like, okay, that makes sense. And kind of getting the understanding of real estate, how it works, how to call, you know, what to say on the phone. Um, just kind of those things. And I'd say just take action. You know, don't like I, like you mean you did Tanner, like I over, studied and I over like, okay, I need to learn all this before I start. And I kind of wasted so much time and what people don't realize time is so precious. So like use your time wisely. Don't waste your time and just take action. So do you, uh, would you recommend someone who is getting started, uh, to, to go out kind of on their own, watch some videos and make some phone calls? Or do you think it's a great idea for, you know, folks to squat up and maybe look for other people um, that are in the area, you know, close to them that they can meet up with, or maybe someone who's interested in something that they're, you know, in, in, in a like, like market or something, or do, do you recommend that approach as well? Or, or yeah. would you say, no, it's best to kind of learn on your own or? I say network with people. That's, that's the best way you're going to learn. And I've learned so much working with Tanner, you know, he's taught me comping and all that. I say, when you go to just someone that knows what they're doing, they're going to help you so much. And you're going to be ahead of the game so much, so much better than other people that are trying to hop in, you know, by themselves. So I say, yeah, go out and network, get to know people because connections is everything in this business. Networking is everything in this business. So go out, you know, talk to people and 
connect, network with them. And you're going to be so much more successful in this business. And you're definitely going to close the deal faster. Awesome. I say. Where Let's do this. Can... Yeah, go ahead, Ashwin. Let's break down your, uh, your first deal. I'd like to hear about uh, how you got it, the whole process, how it went down, how you uh, dispositioned it. Let's go. I love talk, talking first deals. So um, what I was actually doing in the summer here, I was calling about, I was calling agents about three to five times. I make about three to five offers every single day. And um, here's the thing. When you're making so many offers, you forget the properties you even offer on. So I'm just one day sitting in my room, kind of just looking at properties and stuff. And then I get a call from a buyer's agent. He's like, hey, Rada. I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, good. So, um, you know, that deal that you offered all offered up on, um, turns out that the, you know, original people that kind of took the, they want, they want the property. So I kind of lost, I kind of lost because they were paying 116 and my offer is 110 and I had to stay firm at my offer. So they paid more and, um, they're like, okay, they want to put this other, this other offer. I'm like, okay. And then he called me back. He's like, Turns out they never delivered their earnest money and they just no show ghosted them. So then he's like, it's back on the market. They're considering your offer. Um, they were thinking they countered back at you. If you can do 113, cover all back taxes with closing costs. And I'm like, nah, I got, I got, I, I have to say at 110. I have to say hey, right real quick, not to interrupt. Where was this deal? What market are you in? Indianapolis. Okay. Indianapolis. So then, you know, they said 113, cover all back taxes and cover closing costs. And um, they'll accept the, but I'm like, I know I need to stay at 110. I'll cover closing costs and back taxes. He's like, okay, I'll make this thing happen. And uh, he called me back and okay, got the property under contract. And then uh, started working with Tanner here, trying to find uh, the buyer for this deal. And I specifically remember, remember I was working at my day job at Target and um, I'm stalking on the floor, putting toilet paper away and stuff. And then uh, so much stuff is happening. Getting calls from Tanner, getting calls from the uh, the buyer's agent and stuff. I've, I have to, you know, hey guys, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. Go answer the phone. Say, you know, say, okay, I'll be right back one moment. And um, we we kind of went back and forth with uh, kind of price. Remember that? <laughs> It was a back and forth deal. That's for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. So I remember what didn't, uh, so our end buyer went to go walk the property. He liked it. He wanted to, uh, he wanted to take the deal, but, um, he kind of offered a little less. We're kind of, you know, negotiating a little bit, calling back and forth. And then, uh, what was it? Shoot. You know, the cool, you know, the cool thing about my opinion, the coolest thing about this story in this deal um is not only was it Retta's first deal and i was able to be a part of that which i'm grateful for but the coolest part was that me and Retta had were so and this is a lesson for everyone it we were not only was Retta's communication with the the buyer's agent and the listing agent um because for whatever reason Retta correct that the listing agent didn't want to double dip right but am i right on that? oh no oh yeah so on first yeah at first um i went to the listing agent and i tried to double dip with her and she said, no, you know, are you going to assign the, assign the contract? Are you a wholesaler and stuff? And I said, you know, I have many different extra strategies when performing on deals, kind of gave her that. And she's like, you know, what? I can refer you to, I'm like, can you refer me to an agent in your brokerage? It's like, yeah, that works. So then she gets a little fee called, de it's called designated agency. So she gets a referral fee for referring me to a buyer's agent in her brokerage. 
And uh, yeah, she didn't want to uh, double dip with me because, you know, conflict of interest and also, you know, are you going to sign it? Are you a wholesaler? Right. Kind of like that. Yeah, the, 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 like I said, not only was it your first deal, which is what makes it great, but the, the, the actual buyer and the, the point I want to get across real quick is that, again, Reddit's communication with not only the listing agent, but the buyer's agent. Um, not only he was great communication with myself, but that allowed for all parties, including sellers, both agents, the buyer to feel very connected on the deal. Like, cause we had, we had this thing moved right up put it under contract. And like, I believe two days later we had it assigned. It was really, it was a real quick, you know, quick moving deal, but the yeah. buyer even, I remember he offered us, I think, I, for, I forgot what it was, but it was like a hundred and. 35,000, I think that's what it was or whatever, whatever it ended up being. But because our communication was so well and the buyer literally gave us an extra $500 at closing. Um, yeah. His initial offer was so it was lower and then we kind of like hardballed them. But the, my point is, is how many other buyers would anyone come across that's going to actually give you more money than you already committed for? He committed yeah. for a certain dollar amount, but he was just so happy to work with me and Retta because our communication and all the above um, that he gave us an extra 500 bucks or 750, whatever that me and Retta split at closing. But yep. I just wanted to use that as an example um, that when, when you're new to the industry, when you're, you're, you're getting into it and you're doing deals, the, the more honest and open and transparent you can be with everyone it's just going to, you're just going to be able to to take off in the business. And, and Reda's 100%. first deal is a good example of that. Um, because I'll be honest, Reda, also, that's the only deal I've had a buyer commit to a number and then turn around and say, I'll actually give you guys more because you guys were so cool to work with. So really? and that's, that's, awesome. that's a big testament to you because you're the one that ultimately communicated and held the whole thing together because yeah. it sounds like it was a simple deal, but it really wasn't. I remember me and Reda were on the phone like one day, <laughs> Uh, me and Reda literally had probably had like 40 phone calls because we were, Reda would call the agent, listing agent would call Reda and they have to communicate yeah. because the sellers were like bitching or excuse my language, complaining about taxes. Oh, you could say and, bitching. We are, we are an explicit podcast, my friend. Explicit. Okay. So, but anyways, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> it was, it was cool. So, uh, yeah, I was at my day job because kind of going back to the bathroom, going back and forth. Like, I don't even care if I lose this job. I'm making this deal work no matter what hundred percent commitment in your deal. And I'm like, it's going to, it's going to happen. And look, it did happen. It's all about that mindset. So, 100%. so I guess moving forward now, Reddit, you're working, you're trying to work on getting your second deal. Um, what roadblocks yep. again, or what, what do you think um, mentally that has been an issue or maybe kind of slowed you down or if anything, um, and, and in terms of getting your second deal? So definitely the declining market as the market is shifting, uh, it's definitely harder to get a really good deal, you know, on market listings have been listing for have been listed for way longer now. Properties aren't selling, so it's harder to get that good deal. Um, and also timing. Timing is really crucial in this business. And I want to, you know, make way more time in my day so I can just focus more on this business so I can close more deals. Because the more effort and the, the more effort and energy you put inside this business, the more results you're going to get. So I feel like time blocking is crucial to kind of scaling and kind of start getting that momentum to start getting that consistency and getting more deals. This really, it's all about time. Time is everything in this business. Cause you do not, when you think about it, like after getting in this business, you do not have much time at all during the day. You don't. No, so it, it goes by quick. 
Oh, it really does. It really does. Time flies by. Sometimes I'm working for five hours. I'm like, I thought I just started working. Like I felt like an hour. So it's definitely time, time and just the market that's getting to me. Well, you're, you're, you are what I would still consider obviously fairly new, you know, in the business. Um, so I, as we kind of land this plane, what, what are some of the, what's a word of caution that you would give to wholesalers who are real estate investors who are thinking about getting started in the wholesale world? What, what's, what's, what's a word of advice that you, who's now working on your second deal, um, you're super sharp. I mean, you're one of the, one of the best communicators over on the phone that, that I've heard, especially and to hear your age, it's, it's so shocking. Um, but what's, what's one word of advice or a piece of caution or something like that for new wholesalers? I say a piece of caution is make sure the deal you're locking up is a deal because you don't want to waste the seller's time and you don't want to waste cash buyers time on a property that that's not even a deal. So don't, you know, lock up overpriced properties, network with people that know what they're doing, JV with other wholesalers, you know, once you start making these connections and you start showing like, Hey, is this a deal? Should I lock this up? Um, even if you're new and you're not like hundred percent sure, they'll tell you, be like, no, that's too overpriced. You know, see if you can get it a little lower, but I say just don't lock up deals that are overpriced because it just wastes time on, you know, you're going to build a bad bridge with the seller and, you know, cash buyers are just going to be like, you know, I don't even, I don't even want to hear back from you because you just keep sending me, you know, crappy deals. So I say just make sure your deal is a deal. Don't waste anyone's time and um, be fully transparent. Would you recommend this then uh, to like to make sure again, what if you're new and, and you don't know if it's a deal, right? You're still learning. So you would recommend even new wholesalers um, going out and squatting up and JVing and asking others, whether it's in a Facebook group uh, or anything along those lines. But just like you said, um, you, you do recommend them squatting up. Is that correct? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I really wish I squatted up earlier when I first started this business. And I feel like I would have been way more successful earlier in this business. I love if that. I did that because I feel like a lot of people, they just have this little independent mindset that, Oh, I'm going to lock up this deal. I'm going to get $10,000. I don't want to split it. I don't want to work with other people because I want all this money for me. I know what I'm doing. And the truth is you don't know what you're doing, you know, work <laughs> with people that actually know what they're doing and you'll actually, you know, start closing more deals. And I'd rather take a relationship than money any single day. That's great, man. Like when, when I first got started, one of the Max Maxwell videos were, were what I kind of locked into in the very beginning. And I'll never forget. He said, um, would you rather have half of a watermelon or all of a grape? And he would always say that. And it wasn't until I got into it because, you know, when, when, when I locked up my very first deal, had I not have squatted up, the price that I locked it up at would have been garbage. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been yeah. worth anything. Um, but because I, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to seek help. I'm going to see if I can, you know, get some other people to help me out. Um, and I did that, squatted up and I was able to, you know, I think my first assignment started out to be like a 20 K. Um, we, we had to, we had to whittle some money off of that, but that was a, that's a nice, you know, first paycheck, but that came because oh, yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't want all of the grape. I was okay with having half the watermelon, you know, which ended exactly. up being pretty nice watermelon. Exactly. And the relationship's going to bring you way much more of a return over time than just working by yourself. Cause then you're going to start working with your partner and closing way more deals in the future. So the relationship is key and crucial 
if you want to succeed and start making more money in this business, 100%. Awesome. Well, brother, it's been amazing having you on. Thank you so, so much for your time, Retta. Um, you know, any, any parting words or, of, of advice or, or anything before we, uh, before we cut you loose? I say, guys, and everyone just take action. Pick up the phone, take action. And it, it, will, it will truly change your life. So true. Mentally and just, you know, take action. Retta, so, what's the, what's the, lastly, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? If someone listens to this podcast, they want to ask you for advice or help or squat up on something, you know, social media is what's the best oh, way yeah. to help you. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. Um, that works. I believe you can just reach out to me on my Instagram at, you know, Reda, R-E-D-A underscore metric, M-E-D-R-E-K. Just my, my full name. Awesome, yeah. brother. And what markets are you going to? I know you said Indianapolis. Where, where are you working? Indianapolis and Jacksonville at the moment. Heck yeah. All right. So all you Indy and Jacks, Freakville folks, you don't know, Freakville is a, what, what we call Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, for, for any of y'all that are they're out, out there in those markets and uh, you want to squat up with a winner, definitely hit up Retta, R-E-D-A underscore M-E-D-R-E-K. Retta, it's been phenomenal having you on, brother. Thank you so much for being one of the elitist. Thank you again, brother. And I hope you enjoy. We'll see you around. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. What up, guys? Thank you for watching or listening to another episode. And look, here's the deal. If you got value out of today's episode, we kindly ask that you subscribe and like and get this bad boy going. And look, if you're in Florida, we're in Florida. That's our marketplace. And we want to help your deals get to the finish line. So if you got any deals that need help with Dispo, send us an email. We're at deals at unwindinvestments.com. You can also submit it via our property submission form online at unwindinvestments.com slash deals and guys we want you to be the next guest on our show so get out there and hustle and grind and let's get to work we'll see you in the next episode peace